0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Crypto 101 Podcast. Uh, Bryce here, joined as always by my notorious co-host, Mr. Aaron Pizza Mind Malone. Uh, Aaron, Raining from Texas. Uh, how's it going, sir?
1: This week is going to be stupid, Bryce. So I am holed up in my bunker up in North Texas, uh, just watching the world from uh, underneath a hill somewhere. of peeking out seeing what absolute insanity is going to come this week
2: but i've got a feeling in my gut that's telling me this is going to be one of the biggest weeks of my entire life bad good weird i have no idea what's coming but it's
0: going to be noteworthy we've seen quite a few bank failures already um we've seen regional runs on the bank we saw credit swiss or credit suisse which was like a 200 year old organization uh fail and get bought out for pennies on the dollar by UBS. Uh, funny enough, I, I realized uh, Credit Suisse was the only like bank basically in 2008, 2009 that didn't get bailed out using any government money. So uh, now finally they go down. So that was interesting. And we've seen lots of volatility and Bitcoin skyrocketed. Uh, I think it's largest weekly candle uh, since 2017. On the back of all this hysteria, people pulling their money out of banks Um, So we wanted to bring on an expert to talk about uh, how to trade the markets, right? So we wanted to say, look at price action, look at volume. What are the charts kind of telling us? Um, And overall, what is this whole, is this a trend shift, a long-term trend shift? Are we getting ejected out of the bear market? There's lots of questions. So we wanted to bring on an expert. Uh, So I'm bringing on a guy who runs his own hedge fund, actually, Thomas Crawlow, who also founded uh, an awesome university-grade trading education system we're going to dive into all of it and more Thomas uh, welcome to the crypto 101 podcast
2: hey guys thank you very much for having me a pleasure to be here
0: yeah man it's it's a crazy week well, what's your what's your take high level as you see uh, the financial world kind of unfolding before us everything that we thought we knew seems to be right. crumbling
2: you know quite frankly I think that you, you said it cor- you said it correctly in the beginning that this is probably is going to be one of the craziest weeks especially going into Wednesday into Powell's speech and actual decision on the interest rates, because that's going to probably give us uh, the next direction as well, because Powell cannot just keep mumbling about the same thing as of right now. <laughs> <laughs> Something right. is finally breaking. And quite frankly, seeing this volatility to the upside in Bitcoin while everything else is going down, which starts to prove the narrative of the real value of Bitcoin and the whole philosophy of Bitcoin. So as for me, you know, if we would have had this podcast about a week or two ago, I would have told you a different story. And right now with everything, as you're saying, with a huge volume in this weekly candle closing above the 200 moving average and all the other moving averages you can imagine, just... Price action wise. The only thing we have left to clear to just declare a bull market is thirty thousand dollars as the you know psychological Mm -hmm. level in in terms of price
0: action. For me, it was it was it was so interesting because that twenty-five K level, everybody was watching it. Like you said, it was the two hundred week moving average. And funny enough, or ironically enough, it was the liquidation point on the way down for three AC, right? Three hours capital, you know, lost their footing at twenty-five K and then the whole cascade down. And now twenty five k was the liquidation point on the way back up through it. That's right, um, which we had, you know, we talked about on the show before, um, and so it was cool just to see that play out. It was like a hot knife through butter, the way it quickly shot up with no resistance. And so, um, yeah, crazy times. Um, And we'll we'll talk more about that, but let's get acquainted with you first uh, before we dive into some more market um, discussions and and where you see things unfolding. But but tell us about your hedge fund. Tell us about um, your, your crypto uh, education system, and uh, yeah, let's get acquainted. What did you even do before you got into crypto? Right. Well, before I got into crypto, I was
2: doing stocks primarily and futures trading. So that's what uh, how I got into the markets. I've been doing it for the past nine years. Uh, I lived in the U.S. and I was actually going to college. I was expecting to become a lawyer. Because that was what my belief as to what all rich people did until I realized that nine out of 10 billionaires were actually in some form of asset management. So, and that's Mm -hmm. what one step uh, at a time led me into the financial markets. And subsequently, as of right now, I focused initially on building my own community. So I traded for myself. I had a good track record and I built a community of over a million people. Just Instagram, YouTube, whatever, the different social media platforms, which I used right. as the basis for my community for any project that I wanted to launch. Because let's be honest, you can have whatever strategy if you don't have the people behind it, it's 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 all useless. So unless you just want to stick to retail. So uh, that's, that's what I did. And I ended up having Kralo Capital, founding Kralo Capital, which is just a hedge fund for people who want exposure to crypto, but don't really want to learn as to how it works, which is the risk. Quite frankly, quite a lot of those people. And then uh crawl most people. <laughs> most people, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. And then Crawlo Ventures, which is also a fun, is just a, a, almost identical one. It's just a bit different, a bit less regulated for early stage crypto investing. And that's it. So and that's what we primarily primarily do. We allocate funds to in the hedge fund to biggest cryptocurrencies. Mostly it's of course Bitcoin, no leverage, no dumb stuff. And I mean our only potential Maximum downside is Bitcoin at zero. So, so right. we're trying to avoid all the mistakes done by all the companies we've seen fail so miserably. And, oh, yeah. yeah
0: it's, it's interesting from a, um, from a crypto standpoint, something like that, like long only, you know, you hold Bitcoin, liquid cryptos, maybe a little bit of cash. Yeah. Um, that's like the low risk spectrum. Right. Um, whereas the very high risk spectrum is you know, running super highly leveraged, maybe taking lots of illiquid positions and all that stuff. Um, but even just your strategy, uh, which is conservative relative to the broader crypto market, would be seen as highly, highly risky uh, sure. by a traditional asset manager who says, "Wow, you got a whole fund strategy that's long crypto." Um, but you're, you're on the other hand, you believe in crypto. You, right. you think that this probably is, you know, the biggest, you know, revolution in finance. Um, so, so when you when you take a look at crypto, how do you decide? Um, you know, which ones to buy? Are you just looking at Bitcoin and a couple of the liquid ones? Or is there something else that makes you like get off the ground and say, yeah, I'm going to actually buy this one because that right. that fulfills my thesis.
2: So, well, when it comes to our uh, main hedge fund, what we are looking at is the most stable. Because as you said, we are trying to really reduce the risk to the bare minimum. Well, I mean, if you can actually call something minimum risk in the world of crypto, just as you've pointed out. But we're trying to At the same time, minimize risks and also outperform Bitcoin returns. And we are trying to ride the market cycles. So we are trying to ride the narrative, which, and we are trying to, my analysts, which I have a small team, we don't really need a big team. It's a team of a few people, really. And we're trying to find the tokens that have, for example, right now, we're going to be more into Bitcoin than altcoins for obvious reasons. So, and then as we Mm -hmm. see Bitcoin maxing out, we're going to be shifting our portfolio to something more high risk so uh and in this sense we're we are riding this flow of momentum and when it comes to smaller coins then we're always trying to ride the hype so to speak because even right now even though we're trying to combine hype and utility i think that it still goes hand in hand because i had terrible experience with amazing projects that almost died even though they were good they were too focused on the product and unfortunately at this level of capitalization of the market the hype plays a huge role. So the same thing, for example, goes for our venture fund. When we are investing in certain projects, that's seed round, pre-seed, private, strategic, whatever, we're not just focused on utility. We're still actually investigating the hype aspect. So our our strategy goes for both both ends.
0: Interesting. And yeah, it's, it it sounds like you know a momentum strategy. Whereas you know you might say the word hype. Uh, I think a traditional hedge fund might say sentiment. Right. right. They're taking yeah, indicators. Yeah and saying is the market, or they might, you know, CNBC always talks about positioning, right? Oh, I, the market's all positioned short, right? The momentum's that way, so you could maybe counter trade it, or you see a, a new breadth of momentum opening up in some sector, so you go play that. So, um, you know, it sounds, uh, sounds super interesting. And um, what are generally like, you know, obviously this isn't a solicitation, but I'm just curious, how do people get involved in your hedge fund?
2: Mostly, I have built a uh, big funnel Uh, which I use because, again, it depends on how you register your hedge fund. Uh, Some of the types of promotions are not allowed. Something is, so for example, I'm not really allowed to do like a call to action to invest in my hedge fund. So what we normally do is we reserve it for my inner circle because I also have education business, which is great business for me. And we sell mentorships and courses and whatnot. I mean, we have a whole uh, array of uh, education at thomascrawlow.com. And then... As these people become my uh, inner circle, they go through this certain funnel, they end up by um, by one way or another learning about my uh, also financial services in terms of asset management. And then they find a website and if they want, they leave us a uh, a request and we just get in touch. My KYC team gets in touch. So it's just a matter of funnel and marketing and just balancing it so to make sure that we don't do anything illegal.
1: Go on Amazon and search UFY Video Lock. That's EUFY Video Lock. Or visit UFYOfficial.com/slash Video Lock. Again, that's EUFY Video Lock. UFY Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door.
3: Awesome.
2: What market sectors in crypto have piqued your curiosity recently? We've heard a lot of hedge funds say they're shifting entirely towards gaming and blockchain. Others are entirely focused on Web3 or NFTs. Does any of that stuff stir an interest in you or is it really just straight liquid coins to trade with? Uh, well, for the hedge fund, it's only just the liquid coins. When it comes to early stage investing, I would have to agree with you that right now we're seeing huge um, sentiment towards uh, gaming, Gamify. And this is something that we're looking at. However, it's just maybe by coincidence that our quite a few of our recent investments, and one of which we actually did a partial exit from, is AI sector. So uh, there are a few AI-based, um, like uh, projects based on AI that have shown huge promise and especially on this, again, hype narrative, so sentiment Uh, because of um, ChatGPT that has come out and has been revolutionizing our understanding of how to use the web and search engines. Uh, There is a project, just to give you a brief example, which is called CryptoGPT. So they're utilizing Mm -hmm. the, the GPT aspect of it for the hype purposes and actually the project itself the utility is interesting but the hype is predominant in it and we've already done 12x on it since the investment which i did like three weeks ago so for now we're just trying to pick out the best ones out of all of them i would say but so far quite a few were in ai and also gamify that we looked at but quite frankly we focus on all of them because i think that the good project
0: is gonna rallied regardless of what sector it's in what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when trading crypto um as somebody like yourself who's done a lot right Mm. i'm sure you've also seen a lot of mistakes or learned from a lot of mistakes along the way what what, what can you kind of impart to people there
2: well i think that the obvious mistake which would sound very cliche is that people get into something they don't understand they don't have any education about but if we're gonna talk about something a bit more in depth then one of my best strategies even actually that i use for my personal investing is uh because what i do with the hedge fund is a reversal slightly different has to be systematic almost like algorithmic so that you can actually explain it but when it comes to my strategy for my own personal investing I My last time when I was, uh, bought Bitcoin, it was at $17,000. I actually made even a YouTube video about it in my daily updates where I was almost scared shitless because I put in half a million bucks into Bitcoin when everything was crashing because of FTX. So and the uh, strategy here is simple. When I'm scared, when I'm literally scared for life to buy Bitcoin because it's all so red, this is 100% the best time to buy. And when yeah. do people buy, just to get to your question, when do people buy, when it's the easiest, when it's the most obvious? So when is the most obvious, this is actually part of my strategy for my hedge fund as to when I'm going to be getting out of it and then liquidating the positions and doing the distribution for my investors. When it gets easy, that's when you get out. It's actually that simple. That's great advice. Uh, I, I also try and
0: counter trade my emotions. So, so that makes a ton of sense, you know, in terms of trading, uh, really counter trade your emotions, um, but you also invest. And so investing and trading, would you say they're similar or different? And and what are some mistakes that people make when they invest? Okay. Uh, see,
2: to be absolutely honest, uh, the way how I've structured the strategy for the hedge fund and for my personal uh, life as well into crypto is a bit different this investing is different. Investing into crypto is different than investing into regular stock market. Why? Mm. is because of the market cycles. It doesn't really make very much sense for me to keep a spot position in Bitcoin when I know that we've reached an area of the peak price. So, I mean, I could certainly at the peak try to hedge it, but unless I believe that dollar is about to collapse and we're going to go into a financial armageddon and it's about time for us to exit into crypto out of everything then if we still believe in the power of the dollar and that you know we believe that we could actually trust it and exit into it then i don't really see the reason why to hold um and it, 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 because it's so uh, cycle specific it's so precise it's almost laser precise so mm. understanding these market cycles i don't see a reason to be constantly invested you know what i mean because you again depending of on course. the funding rate sometimes you have to pay for uh keeping your uh hedge trades open if you're using futures mm-hmm. for that instance. So it could become more expensive than actually just holding the dollar. Again, depending on the market conditions, everything can change. So as for myself, for example, for the hedge fund, uh, I'm, once we reach the point where I'm gonna be liquidating some of the positions, we actually are going to be doing big distributions to our investors simply because I'm not seeing any point in holding it any longer. Again, depends on the macro environment. If the dollar we're going to see terrible weakness and then maybe, again, everything is failing, then we will actually stick to Bitcoin and just not exit. Right. But for the time being, and we are seeing some imp- these kinds of similar implications and the possibility of something like this happening, the total collapse. But until it does, I would still stick to the strategy of getting out when it's time to get out.
0: Yeah. And, and I love this idea of market cycles. Um, and I like the idea as well as the laser precision, because I think in crypto, what's laser precise? It's the halving cycle, right? It's pretty much forecasted from the minute that Bitcoin was invented, that pretty much every four years, depending on the block time, um, you're going to have a halving. And so when you say market cycle, you know, could you break that down a little bit more for our users? And, and how do you know that that peak price has hit? Um, okay. Like when Bitcoin hit 69K this past year or two years ago, were, were you saying like that was exactly what was had been projected and like that was uh, the peak price? Or was it in retrospect that you knew it was laser precise? Okay. Well... <sighs>
2: See the like, for example, when it comes to so that I answer your question in a uh, as as concise of a way as possible. In our Mm -hmm. uh, strategy, we are using a combination, and the same goes for even my own investment strategy. We are using a combination of macro factors, on chain data, technicals, just market mathematics and statistics. So it's many things, you know, it's like even the pure Mm -hmm. indicators when they are combined with the understanding of, for example, potential liquidity that goes into the market. We all know how much money it takes to move crypto to new all-time highs. It's a lot of money. So when we Mm -hmm. understand and we pay attention to the participants in the market, we understand the global liquidity and where this liquidity is coming from and what are the uh, factors and effects in bigger global economies that actually can influence this global liquidity because Bitcoin follows global liquidity. Then we understand on-chain data and we combine it with the technicals and past performance of the coin itself because it feeds the narratives and the momentum as we spoke about in the beginning so this gives me the ability to pinpoint an approximate point as to where it we could see an absolute exhaustion of the upside move so at some point there isn't going to be enough money to keep just pushing it and pushing it so hence the cycles therefore it's Mm. really i mean i'm trying to answer it as short in the shortest possible way but it is a combination of really many many things
0: right Yeah. And and one thing I I picked up on uh, that you just mentioned was that crypto and and really Bitcoin prices are sometimes a proxy for global liquidity, or they're highly correlated. When the Fed and central banks globally are tightening uh, faster than they ever have, of course, prices are going to fall faster than they ever have. But we just saw, as we kind of uh, alluded to in the beginning of this call, um, basically the biggest bailout um, since 2008. Do you think? that that bailout and that increase of liquidity is going to affect crypto prices. Do you think that that is why Bitcoin's now at $28,000, whereas when it started the year, it was at 16?
2: For sure. I mean, if it wasn't for the collapse of the banking sector, we wouldn't be talking about this right now. I think Bitcoin would be standing somewhere somewhere in the vicinity of 20, maybe even actually trying to make newer lows if we would have a reason for it. Because again, Mm -hmm. Bitcoin follows global liquidity. See what is happening in the US. They were trying to take out the liquidity from the market just to start putting it back in there. Look at Japan; it's mm-hmm. putting liquidity back in. China, same thing. Chinese yep. nationals have more than two point four trillion dollars saved up in their savings accounts. With all the you know uh, lock lock up uh, these lockdown periods that were so tight for the period of the pandemic, so and all of this money is going to be potentially going through the gates of Hong Kong, which. Uh, mainland China, let's be honest, is not opposing for some reason for now for institutions. I
0: heard that they're yeah they're bringing uh, retail trading in crypto well, to Hong Kong. It's institutional for now, but
2: in I think it's going to be the in beginning of summer in June. It's June, yeah. So if, if they're doing it for the institutionals, then I'm pretty sure that retail isn't far away. And retail is sitting on trillions of dollars. And we have to admit that Chinese pump is the degen pump. It's a really hard one. <laughs> so really, uh, and. The, considering all this liquidity that could be tr- in trillions of dollars, 186 banks mm-hmm. in similar condition to Silicon Valley Bank currently, which would take trillions of dollars to bail out or backstop them or whatever you want to call it. You know, imagine the amount of money. During yeah. COVID, Bitcoin went from 3K to 69K on what? About $4 trillion of stimulus? Well, we're going to have about more than that. Plus, on top of it, we have mm-hmm. the Lehman moment where people or just the bank failure moment where people lose trust in the banking system. What else do you need? i mean this is this is unbelievable this is the perfect storm yeah it is yeah i was gonna say that the only problem in this whole narrative is really once the united states understands this and that people are starting to favor some imaginary internet money more than uh their uh favorite dollar you know what are gonna they're gonna do about it and we we already are saying that they're trying to fight the, the on-ramps into the crypto so by closing all these banks so unless they're gonna start to tried to put sticks into the uh, wheels of our bicycle, we should be fine and see incredible Bitcoin performance this year already. But
0: unless something else comes out. Yeah, interesting. No, I was kind of thinking about it the other day. And I was like, you know, crypto's kind of been under the gun of the regulator for a long time. They keep coming out and saying, we're going to try and do something to crypto. But really, while they were looking at crypto, the banks blew up. (laughs) I mean, Nothing with crypto. I mean, obviously, FTX blew up, but that was really small in comparison to what's going on now with the the global banking system. So I think the regulators are going to be forced to put all their attention on these these regional banks and some of the even, you know, these regulated banks that were just um, accounting things really in a nefarious way, I would say. So I think a lot of the, the regulatory pressure on crypto might even be um, alleviated. Um, as they kind of take a look at the banks, but that, that's just a thought. Do you have any thoughts on that, or, or we could move on? Uh,
2: quite frankly, yeah. I'm when I look at this, and when I learn things like zero percent reserves permitted, it just yep. it just I don't know. I have no nothing to add. There is nothing to talk about by Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, by exactly exactly <laughs> by Bitcoin. There's no counterparty risk. Yeah. Uh, it's accepted, uh, you know, cross border, cross nationally. It's recognized, I should say. It's it's the biggest idea I think in the world right now along with AI. And people have been sleeping on Bitcoin throughout this past, you know, 18-month bear market, but historically, like you said, in these market cycles about 15 months or so prior to every having uh the market bottoms and about 15 or so months after uh it tops out. And so here we are about, you know, 13 months away from the fourth bitcoin having, and I think that's what's driving uh you know a lot of this uh or contributing as well to this bitcoin price rise um so i'm excited do you, now do you think in your mind ethereum is valid like do you think ethereum has a place in the crypto market? do you believe in it, or are you kind of on the side of the bitcoin maxis where ethereum's a scam um and um sort of like not necessary because I think they do kind of serve similar purposes, but I don't know. People have different opinions.
2: Yeah, I think I mean they they, they serve similar purpose. After all, it's all both cryptocurrencies and inherently uh, from the beginning beginning of time they were very similar, and even in terms of consensus mechanisms. But Vitalik and the whole Ethereum team they're trying to serve more, you know, accepted agenda in terms of you know they so that regulators would favor them more certainly it takes away the store of value a bit simply because you know we know exactly i mean it's, it's centralized more centralized so in yeah. this sense I, again i'm not eth maxi i'm not bitcoin maxi i hold a lot of eth i hold a lot of bitcoin just because if they come out and try to ban something that is potentially trying to undermine bitcoin what, what is going to pump Well, obviously, the next one, which is more compliant with the regulator, which is ETH. so And it still is ultrasound money. And it is technically, in my opinion, a bit more advanced than Bitcoin. So not holding any Ethereum is probably not a smart idea. Again, not financial advice. But personally, I hold both and I respect both for what they are.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, when you kind of went through this bear market, did you see or feel like it was different than the other ones Um, or or was this past bear market worse? Was it a little bit better? Um, And do you think we're out?
2: I think that uh, it certainly was worse in the sense that, I mean, a lot of people laughed at me in, uh, on my daily, in my daily YouTube videos when I was shorting Bitcoin and they were longing it against me. And I hope that they really enjoyed their liquidations because uh, what people really, <laughs> what they looked at was mostly indicators. You know, they're saying, oh, well, historically from here, blah, blah, blah. The thing is that if we compared the bear markets, if, for example, even the COVID crash, uh, the only reason why we pumped so hard was, again, liquidity. So and right now when everybody was calling for some re- ridiculous bitcoin moves it was with no liquidity with liquidity getting out of the market so and that mm-hmm. was the biggest difference really so everything so is, it all comes down to liquidity it all comes down to liquidity really honestly it's it's not rocket science so and now to get to your question about whether we are out of the uh, bear market it seems like it I mean, it feels like it. And I mean, it's it's very, it feels like it. I mean, when you look at the price action it, and you understand what's happening with the liquidity and what everybody is going to be forced to do and Fed is going to be forced to do,
0: it seems like a no-brainer at this point. Again, not financial yeah. advice, but yeah. It seems like a fat pitch right down the middle, man. I mean, like it's exact. And like for me, even this past week, and I was looking at it and the backdrop is the perfect backdrop for Bitcoin uh, to just pump through the roof. And even I'm looking at it, I'm like, well, it went up pretty high pretty quick. Maybe I could buy the dip. Like maybe I'll want it a little bit lower. And I think that's the psychology that actually allows this market to have momentum because so many people are sidelined waiting for a a dip to buy and it never comes. And finally, they FOMO in when it goes too high too fast. And then it blows off a top, and then it started retraces. And then, like you said, once that fear comes in, you of like, oh my god, it's actually really crashing. Like, I'm not going to step in front of this. I'm going to wait till it goes back up. Yeah. And then that's the bottom that they are looking for. that They were too scared to buy. Yeah. So, you know it's it's a game of uh, it's a game of just fear and greed. Uh, you know that's really what it is. It's, it's a perfect explanation. It is. It is absolutely this. It's just human emotion, nothing else. Mm-hmm. And no matter where you are in the world, whatever country. I mean, everybody feels fear and greed for, for really the same reasons. It's like one thing that, that ties all of us together. Um, and you know, crypto is global. And, and I think that like, you know, liquidity is global. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so bullish on Bitcoin and crypto is because it's money at the speed of life, right? Like it, over the weekend, we're all like, oh my God, like the bank's closing. Like, should I go take my money out? Like it's stuck. Like yeah. your money's stuck. It can't move on the weekends. Right. It can't move after 5 p.m. in the freaking States. It's ridiculous. Right. And so, uh, you know, money at the speed of life, like if you have, uh, you know, t- cross country travels and you need your money with you and you need to know for sure that it's with you, you got to have crypto. And I think more people are going to wake up to this as, as the global citizenry evolves and we kind of break down borders and stuff. But I mean, man, I'm bullish Bitcoin. I know you are. Um, what, what are some closing words that we could leave our viewers with um, as we kind of look at the market? Uh, Maybe any new trends or coins or uh, ideas that you've been evolving on? Um, Any last words? You know, I think that overall, uh,
2: there is probably even among the audience who are listening to us, there will be people who are naysayers to Bitcoin who think it's all magic internet money. And I always like to address these people and tell them to just a friendly suggestion to just study it, to compare it to our current outdated colonial monetary system that is for it to time it's time for it to go the cracks Mm. have shown and it's about to all fall apart and it's not too late to jump ship and it's not like you know we're not trying to talk people into anything we're just trying to point them to the information so for those of you who don't believe in crypto and bitcoin study blockchain understand what it stands for and then compare it to a dollar and you will you will understand exactly why we are here and why we believe in it
0: amen Thomas Carlo, Uh from Uh That's the place we should direct viewers if they want to check out your stuff, right? Sure.
2: Yeah. That's the education website. Yeah. Kralow Capital, which is the hedge fund. But yeah, they will find everything in Google. They can just Google my name. Beautiful.
0: And are you on Twitter? Yes. I'm, I'm Twitter. a big Twitter yes, guy. Yes, on Twitter well, as well. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'll shoot you a follow here. Um, well, this was wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. for for sharing some expertise here on the crypto markets. And we look forward to having you on again, hopefully soon. Um, Maybe you could come back on here in the next few months and we'll talk shop again. Maybe it'll be the top. Maybe it'll be uh, momentums continuing. Who knows?
2: Yeah, sounds good. Thank you very much. Uh, Pleasure to be here. And thanks for having me.